0: Life's good.
1: Never off. Whoa. Hard. Hardly.
0: Come on, friends. Life's good.
1: Got real close. Got hair high, right? Trying to hit two thirds. Have they no. saved oh. it for her? It. Yes, they have.
0: Ooh. Well, i to a game of stones, everybody. I am Sean. Graham Scott is not actually alongside but kind of alongside as always you're virtually alongside scott how you doing
1: sean i've been inside my house since saturday and uh, <laughs> yeah. we're recording this on a tuesday morning close, yep. close to noon here and uh yeah I, I i don't know how i'm
0: doing i guess okay <laughs> it's weird it is weird. It's uh it's strange times out there. Uh, so we hope. Uh, just we just want to say at the top that we know that you know, this is a very serious situation. Obviously, the we're, we both live in Ottawa. The government of Ontario has declared a state of emergency. Uh, that happened this morning. Uh, you know, I work on the Quebec side here in Ottawa in, in Gatineau. The Quebec provincial government has done. I, I don't know if it's a full-on state of emergency in the same way that Ontario has, but they have band, uh, or, or whatever, I don't know if ban is even the right word, but gatherings over 50 people and, and all these things that are in place. So we are fully aware of the, the severity of the situation and certainly would encourage everybody to follow the directions of local, uh, provincial, and federal health experts. That, that's basically it. But we are here to talk curling. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't be stupid, anybody. Don't be a hero. Yeah. Uh,
1: just stay home if you can. No, be a hero and stay home. Oh, yeah. I mean, don't be a hero and try to do everything. Uh, that said, Sean, sitting at home has given me a lot of time to have Twitter open. And, yeah. uh, you know, there there's uh, some good news and some bad news in the world of curling.
0: Yes, uh, definitely a mixed bag over the past little bit. So we're going to start with the cancellations that the World Curling Federation and Curling Canada have announced. That's got basically the rest of the 2019-2020 season of champions has been canceled. The Women's World Championship was supposed to be going on as we speak out there in Prince George. That is not going to happen world men's championship that was supposed to take place over there in glasgow glasgow uh, yeah yeah for some reason i want to say edinburgh again which i know i did on uh, the women's preview show well too. it's the last um, scottish city you were in so yeah that's true um no it's not i, I flew out of glasgow yeah but you weren't really in glasgow <laughs> no it's true i was at the airport um So that has been canceled. Curling Canada also announced the uh, indefinite postponement of the mixed doubles, the wheelchair, and the uh, senior championships. Uh, They also announced today the postponement of the uh, under-18 national championships. Mm -hmm. So basically everything is postponed. They did finish the U-Sport championship and the college championship this weekend. Congratulations to the Laurier men and the University of Alberta Women, who won the U-Sports. Uh, but other than that, Scott, everything is, uh, at the very least, postponed.
1: Yeah, I think postponed was the word I saw yesterday about the men's worlds, that uh, they were exploring the possibility to play them at another time. I I mean, we'll see, right? Uh, the at the very least they need to the world curling federation needs to decide how they're going to allocate olympic qualification points that were due to be handed out based on this year's worlds so lots of uh, noodling and, and sort of figuring things out to be done yet
0: yeah so those decisions will be made i think scott that if if we play this out and the timeline for the Western world, which I know is hard because different places have, have been affected differently, but if it's a similar timeline to China and what's been going on in China, you know, Wuhan is is kind of back open for business. Uh, stores are reopening there. there. There's more movement in that region. And, you know, the Chinese Basketball Association is coming back, for instance. So, you know, if we take that as a bit of a guideline, you're looking at eight to ten weeks, roughly. Probably three. Probably three months. Three months, okay. Of of the of really the the social distancing and, and people staying away. If in the West it plays out different the, the same way as it seems to uh, seems to have worked in China, perhaps we could have a situation where the World Championships. This is a case where I think they could probably put them together uh, at the same place at the same time, maybe even in a curling club somewhere, like an eight to 10 sheet curling club. You could probably do that if there's a club that's willing to put in ice, you know, at the end of June or in the middle of June, if you wanted to. The other option is because it's 2020, you could find a weekend or a week in October, November. And you could play it then. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, all those things are possible. I mean, there's ice in many rinks uh, in Canada in late August. Uh, some, you know, the ice technician courses happen and they put in ice and then clubs have the ice ready to go. Uh, that might be getting a little late. As you mentioned, uh, maybe in June you can get something. If you can get a small-size arena... Uh, and do, you know, the four sheets, do an event similar to how you would do it, uh, given, you know, maybe if everything's okay, uh, that's an option. Uh, Arenas often will have ice through the summer for hockey, summer hockey and stuff. So uh, a few options there, but uh, either way, like, to to me, figuring out the Olympic points is going to be the biggest deal for most countries, right? A lot of the countries, you know, are banking on getting some points in this cycle this year to carry forward into next year to try and qualify for those games. And if nobody gets any points, then uh, it, it really can set some people back quite a ways.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. And this is really, you know, the the thing with the Olympic points is that. Not a lot of teams make it into the Olympics, right? I mean, 13 teams at the World Championship, but it's uh, eight teams at the Olympics, right?
1: There was 10, I believe. Okay. But still. Yeah, that's still not very many. And it might have been eight. I I can't remember, but uh, it's definitely not as many as are at the Worlds. And I think eight qualify, and then two spots are in the final uh, qualifying tournament.
0: Which like, like that makes sense, right? Yeah. yeah. So if we're looking at it here, I just uh, the mix there was eight in the mixed doubles, back in twenty eighteen.
1: Yes, the mixed doubles was eight for sure.
0: Yeah, which uh, makes sense, because, right? That just makes yeah it sense. makes
1: sense. I mean, it could be more. The games don't take as long. You could play more per day, but for the first round or first run, sure. And uh, yeah, the, what about the men's and women's events?
0: I'm pulling this up right now. We had 10, you're right, at, the, uh, at 2018.
1: Yeah, so e- even still less than play at like the Canadian national championships, even back in the old system where we had 12. So you know it's it's not easy to get in. It's not a foregone conclusion for anyone except I would say Canada and China probably sweden
0: well it's 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 definitely a foregone conclusion for china
1: well yeah that's what i mean it's (laughs) it's not foregone for anyone except those those teams right uh because china's hosting and canada's really good and probably sweden is is guaranteed too but
0: yeah but i don't know i mean you know chelsea carey and her team of course did struggle last year at the world championships right so you would need a, a pretty good performance, not you don't they wouldn't have to win or anything, but Kerry Anderson and the team would have to probably at least make the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah,
1: probably. I, I as we talked in our preview, like I think they're uh, definitely capable of doing that.
0: Yeah. So, so so yeah, so the the issue around the cancellations and certainly the same would be true of the mixed doubles cancellation uh, or postponement the points are at stake there for the olympic games and, and i think scott what we we have to think about now is if the world curling federation wants to do this as you said you can find an arena in the middle of the summer and have the, the, where, the where there will be ice and and you can if you can take it over mm-hmm. and you know put in at least five sheets maybe even six sheets uh, play it all in a condensed schedule and get it done. The problem, potentially, is that, or I guess this is more of a question, is that unfair to the teams who won't have been playing and will not have been on the ice? Then to say to them, all right, you, your clubs have been closed, It's especially, you know, Gushu and it, it, that team... You know, there's not going to be local ice available to to teams around the world to be practicing and to be continuing to to work together on their game. Is it fair to them to say, okay, now go play a world championship? Well, in
1: some ways, I think uh, that that sort of would let the skill rise to the top, right? Because everybody would, in theory, be in the same boat. It's not as if you know uh, one team would have been practicing and all the others wouldn't have been able to. So i think you know that could be an interesting way to to see like does the the skill of the players really rise to the top
0: yeah I guess that that, that is a very optimistic way to look at that Scott it, it, yeah
1: yeah I'm an optimist right i'm uh, yeah, uh <laughs> i haven't left my house in three days and uh, <laughs> don't plan to so uh real optimist me
0: yeah i, I think uh, I think the that though is the case to try to do it in October, November to try to find a weekend or a week. You know, the it's really hard that that schedule of the WCT is so condensed in the fall. You yeah, know, mercifully we lost the Elite Ten, uh, so there's a Grand Slam off the board for that. But it, it really is a, a condensed schedule. Especially when you're looking at the teams that do play in the Grand Slams, which is not everybody who's going to be at the World Championship, but you know the top contenders have those. The uh, Canadian teams, of course, have the Canada Cup as well, which is very important when we're talking about Olympic qualification uh, and money, just in mm-hmm. general, right? So finding time to play these in the fall could be tough, and you know, I think it might be a little unfair to, to say that your first event off a long break is a world championship, but at the same time, you might not be able to find something within the end of the calendar year that makes sense. So this is going to be a really tough logistical thing for the World Curling Federation to figure out, but I, I hope it happens. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I would. I would like to see uh, this event played out. You know, I think everybody would. But at the same time, you know, we we know how much work there is for volunteers and officials and players and all that goes into putting this on. So, uh, you know, until they're until they're able to guarantee the safety of those people, then, you know, maybe we'll have to buy a curling video game and simulate it or something. Uh, Yes. Be, sorry, Sean. I'm a little distracted here. I just got something over the Twitter. All
0: right, what's going on on Twitter?
1: Uh, John Morris going to play with Kevin Cooey. What? Yeah, yeah. John Morris. John uh, Morris. The, the Johnny Mo himself. I I talked to just a couple weeks ago, and I I didn't even think to ask him, oh, if he's going to be playing, you know. And
0: uh, wow. yeah. From official from Team Cooey. So John Morris, who's gonna play? What position is he gonna play? He's
1: gonna play. He's gonna play second. What? Yeah. Apparently, I don't have permission to read their Facebook post about this. Uh, <laughs> uh, wow. Yeah,
0: that's a stunner.
1: Yeah, that's a real stunner. Like. Uh, Wow. wow! Uh, I'm excited. I like uh, John Morris, as I've said here. Uh, It's going to make me like Team Cooey a little more. (laughs) uh, John Morris did play with Kevin Cooey. I I remember when I was reading about him before I went down and talked to him at the Briar, I remember that when he first moved to Alberta, I think he played with Cooey okay uh, right after right after that uh, run he made to the briar final in 2002 anyway we we can talk about this uh I guess like let's let's form some thoughts on it first but uh
0: but this is uh this is an absolute stunner right I'm trying to pull this up um yeah so team Kui, the official statement from team Kui. team Kui is excited to welcome back a familiar name and face in men's curling, uh, two time Olympic gold medalist John Morris is now a member of Team Cooey. He lives in Alberta and is replacing Colton Flash. Uh Cooey, here's a quote We're thrilled to add a player with such an impressive resume to our lineup as we focus our goal on the twenty twenty two Olympics. After taking the last couple of years of uh so this is Morris, after taking the last couple of years off men's I'm this is a tight ty- so there's a typo in here, sorry. Um, After taking the last couple of years off men's to focus on my new family and mixed doubles, I feel refreshed and rejuvenated for another two-year run, Olympic run, in the men's game. Somebody really needed to proofread this (laughs) statement. Uh, Having the opportunity to play with Team Cooey, who are good friends of mine, and an already exceptional curling team, is something I'm very excited about. My competitive fire is starting to burn again, and I believe the sky's the limit for us if we put the hard work in that is needed. Yeah. Yeah, and
1: uh, well, he did play with uh with Cooey, and Mark this and, year. Uh this year, yeah, I think maybe for an event when um BJ yeah, was when out. BJ was off. Yeah, and he did play with him in, from 03 to 06. Um they with Mark Kennedy, Paul Moffat, and Kevin Cooey. Okay. Uh they won grand slam even in 2004 so uh john was skipping that team so uh anyway
0: wow mm-hmm. so that is uh that is big news that is big news and and it's
1: it's sort of a, you know a trend that's happened over the last couple of days we've gotten a lot of big news from from teams with lineup shakeups. Presumably, we're coming after the worlds, these announcements, or at the end of the Grand Slam season, at least. Uh, But let's let's get into some of the other ones. Uh, Just give my the back of my brain a chance to uh, think about this.
0: Yeah. So uh, as far as I know, the Cui one is really the only men's one that has happened so far. Colton Flash being gone. I mean, JT Ryan made an announcement that there's a, a change on the front end of his team uh tanner horgan uh, colton lot mm-hmm. is not going to be with tanner horgan's team next year no, he's going to be a dad uh, sean he's going to be a new dad so he's going to take uh, at least a year off from the men's game presumably um uh, he and sahidek won't be playing mixed doubles next year either but that's just an assumption on my part um so you know some minor team changes here whoa, and whoa, there, but the big whoa, ones are on the it, women's was side. Was it
1: Colton Lott or Was it his brother?
0: Oh, I don't I know. think it was. I think it was his brother. <laughs> was it his brother? Uh, I, anyway,
1: I don't want to uh, don't want to cast aspersions on somebody becoming a father if uh, if it's the wrong name.
0: Right, <laughs> um, uh, I'll look that up. Uh, but on the women's side, that's where the big ones have come. Scott. Uh, first. The first shoe to drop was uh, Team Holman announcing that Lisa Weagle will no longer be on the team. That was immediately followed up the next day by Sarah Wilkes announcing that she was not going to be playing with Chelsea Carey anymore. Uh, and then this week, the front end, Rochelle Brown and Dana Ferguson announced that they were also leaving uh, Chelsea Carey. So Chelsea Carey is a 100% free agent there. There was also an announcement In the United States, Jamie Sinclair is a free agent, so she is available, presumably still in the United States as part of the high-performance program there, but the thought of her coming back to Canada, that is very interesting to me. Mm -hmm. Um, Renora Westcott uh, and her sister Leslie, uh, they've announced that they're going to be playing together as a front-end. Sisters-in-law. Sisters-in-law, excuse me. Uh, they've announced that they're going to be playing again. Uh, no word yet on the back end, I have a guess, on at least one of the people who that mm-hmm. might be. But uh, a lot of movement so far around the women's game. Have I missed any?
1: Not that I can think of off the top of my head. So,
0: okay. Oh, uh, Robin Silvernagle. Oh, of course, yes. Um, yeah, so Robin Silvernagle, that announcement was made. Stephanie Lawton is not going to be playing next year. Uh, So they got Kristen uh, Streifel. She'll be stepping in at third, a change in the front end there as well. And
1: uh, Team Rock announced this morning, Sean, Kelsey Rock's team, that they are going to uh, say goodbye to their front end.
0: Yes, and uh, I would be stunned if that was not shortly followed up by Dana Ferguson and Rochelle Brown going yes in.
1: uh it seems to make a lot of sense
0: yeah but my, my so, timeline
1: here is like all john morris stories
0: crazy I, so i i don't know so where do you want to start with all this Scott?
1: um what's most interesting to me sean is uh devin harrow wrote a story yesterday about how curling uh is a business it says no no room for friendships in the business of curling. Uh, obviously, the, the biggest one that would fall under that umbrella would be Lisa Weagle. I mean, uh, she was a bridesmaid in Rachel and Emma's weddings. I believe Emma was a bridesmaid in her wedding. Like, they're friends. They have played yes. together for 11 years. Rachel asked Lisa to come and join the team. Lisa's a, a couple of years older than the rest of them. But, like, even her reaction to the news was, I had no idea this was coming. And it, it's it was sort of out of the blue to us, maybe not to people who were closer to uh, to Team Holman, but I think even people that were close to Lisa, it was a pretty, pretty big uh, shock.
0: Yeah, and certainly, you know, we play at the Ottawa Curling Club, so we're around... Not so much the team, but, you know, people who are around the team. And, and you know, people play, pay close attention to that team at the Ottawa Curling Club. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I was at the club after this was announced. And, yeah, people were surprised. They were talking about it. They really wanted to know what was going on. From all accounts, the team did give a heads up to the club that this announcement was forthcoming. Uh, you know, like an hour or two. They gave Mm -hmm. them that heads up, but it's one of these things where, you know, all the players and that hero story was really interesting that all the players say, this is a business. And yet when there are teams that disband, it feels like oftentimes chemistry is a factor. I, I, and yeah. you you have to you have to like the people you're playing with.
1: Yeah, which which is uh not like other sports, right? If you think about other sports that they have somebody else who makes the decisions about personnel, it's not the players themselves. Whereas yeah. in curling, it's it seems like if a player doesn't want to play anymore, they can just say, Oh, I'm yeah, no, I'm done. Like nobody signs contracts to be together as a team for a certain amount of time. I I think the first we ever heard Vic talking about this was with Carrie Anderson's old team when they made that run to the Scotties final. And it was clear that, that this was not going to last beyond that year. And they viewed it as a business and, and, but, but I don't know how you can not bring some of that sort of bad blood Back onto the ice when you face that team the next time.
0: Yeah, and when you fall into a big hole in a provincial final and (laughs) come back and win.
1: Is but is there is the taking a year taking a step back, the way of saying I don't want to play with you guys, but I don't want to go against you right away. Is that sort of the nice way to do it, or what? I mean,
0: I don't know. Like, I don't think so. But well, I mean, who's done it? It's taken a year back and then then come, other than Kennedy, who legitimately had surgery like he had surgery. Yeah. Yeah. Right. The year he was gone. So, you know, he also did say at a public event at the Continental mm-hmm. Cup, uh, to a room full of people he, sitting next to Kevin Coo, he said, I don't want to play unless I'm playing with this guy as the yeah. skip. He also said that. So, you know, who 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 knows? Um, but you know, you know the, the Kennedy situation. I don't think there was bad blood, certainly between him and Cooey, or with him and Ben. Um, it, it, there, there was a health situation that he needed to go deal with. Uh, so, so that one, it's it's a little tough. John Morris, with the, with this one and him, I mean, he's he's traveled around a bunch anyway, but you know he started a family he put his focus on the mixed doubles that's where his interest was so i don't think that i don't think that's any sort of reflection on how he feels about jim cotter no at all no so i i don't know i can't think of any other examples of people who have taken a step back and then come back
1: yeah i mean we'll see if it becomes more the thing Right. Well, I mean, we'll see, but right. it...
0: well, we know, but, but we know Scott, like, so after 2022, two. yeah. so a- after this Olympic cycle, we have two seasons left of this Olympic cycle, basically a year and a half before the trials for the various countries. And it'll be interesting to see how internationally this starts to play out too. Mm-hmm. you know, especially like say the men's side in Scotland. You know, that that will be very interesting to see what happens. The women's side in Switzerland, you know, there are countries where we'll really have to pay attention to what happens at the end of the cycle. But, you know, there are are players who we know for sure are not going to do another round after this. And I, I do wonder, though, if for some of them, they do the, we're taking, I'm taking a step back, you know, officially jeff stout never said i'm retiring mm-hmm. uh but of course he's he's never come back um but if there are players who do that take that step back and then like john morris after a couple of years then they want to come back because you can do two years of this right. or a year and a half right. of this, but the full four-year cycle is just it is such a grind
1: yeah yeah it is and uh it seems like those one or two years at the beginning that we've just gone through are about feeling out team teams, feeling out relationships, deciding if we need to tweak something. uh And if you're the kind of player that can slide in pretty seamlessly to a team like a Mark Kennedy, maybe you don't need to evaluate those, uh, those options for that one or two years.
0: Yeah. But I, I guess the the problem with it, at least this <laughs> this is not fair because we're club level players. But you know it takes a long time to figure out how to play with people. You know what type of communication does an individual respond to? How do they throw? Figuring out that yep. right, the release of that. You know all these little things that are completely dependent on interpersonal dynamics and relationships you know in professional sports there are so many examples of teams who hate each other or hated each other right baseball teams for Mm -hmm. instance where guys just hated each other and never wanted to talk to each other but you can do that in baseball because you don't really have to talk to somebody else to play with them yeah, especially if in it's curling, pitchers versus versus uh
1: position versus players, hitters.
0: right? Yeah. Like or like if you're the left fielder and you hate the first baseman, like who cares? Yeah. Like what interactions are you having? Yeah. Like it 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 doesn't really make that much of a difference. But in curling the communication is so integral to the sport. You you have to be able to communicate with each other. And if you hate each other, that is so hard. do and that's why i i think that what we saw with team mccruthers for instance right they're really good friends Mm -hmm. but this year at the briar was the first time it felt like they were a good team together because they figured out how to talk to each other and that process can take a long time so my concern would be for any of these teams that are are retooling now that the process of getting to the point where you are communicating seamlessly, you know how each other respond, you know how to ice each other, you know how to call wait for each other because the little change in rotation will change how far the rock's going to go. all these very little things that if you're doing them wrong, you're going to lose a bunch of games, that takes a long time to get to. So, you know, 18 months ahead of the trials, although we're a little more than 18 months, but is this enough time for teams to get to the point where they can compete for an Olympic gold medal?
1: Yeah. And that's going to depend a lot on, on the existing team dynamic, right? Uh, if you're bringing in one person is, is that one person going to be able to fit in? We saw with Joanne Courtney coming to Rachel Holman's team. It took her a while. She had to yeah. learn how to throw differently to be able to throw like the rest of them. Uh, whoever they decide to bring in to replace Lisa, is it going to be somebody with whom they have an existing relationship? Is it going to be uh, somebody totally new that we've not thought of that, you know, just is is able to play lead at a high level? I I mean, I doubt it's going to be someone we've never heard of. Uh, But those sorts of questions, those all sort of come back to, uh, are you able to get a good enough coach that's good at putting those uh, strengthening strengthening the development of those team dynamics uh, there's a lot of coaches out there that don't really know anything about curling strategically but are experts at uh, building a, a team right and uh, so so there's all sorts of variables that go into it one of the one of the teams, Sean, that I've I've been surprised about, well, or maybe not surprised, it, Chelsea Carey has had five different teams that she's played with since uh, getting that bronze medal in 2013-14 at the Scotties. Right, and that's insane. So, but it makes you sort of maybe look in the mirror, right?
0: There's a but, that, but that's why I think you know when, when Chelsea Carey is, is quoted as one of these people who's saying this is all business, this is all business, but it repeatedly is happening to her where, where there are lineup right, changes. Right, and I don't
1: think it's – do you think it's her saying I don't want to play with these people or is it these people saying I don't want to play with her?
0: Well, certainly in the past it's been yeah. her saying I don't want to play with these people. This one – based on the way it's been worded, feels a little different. I think
1: so, too. I think so, too. And to be honest, I even think in the past, probably, it was uh, the the others saying, I don't want to play with her. She put together a team with Laura Walker, Taylor McDonald, and Jen Gates, and they lasted one year. To, To me, that's... We can't get along.
0: Yeah, and Amy Nixon retired without telling her. Right.
1: Right, so... Yeah, so at a certain point you look at yourself in the mirror and say huh, right cuz what do they say is if you can't tell the mark who the mark is in the room, you're the mark.
0: You're the mark. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, but uh, so so yeah, it's it's re- it's really tough, right? There there's the the combination of the personal the, and it is a I I hate to say it's a business cuz like I, I don't know how much actual money you're making in this. I mean, I know some players do make money doing this, but there there is an imperative to win. And so the question really becomes, what leads to winning? Is it talent, just pure, unadulterated talent for people together? Or does the personal matter? Does the personal actually have an influence on wins and losses? And I would suggest that the personal does influence wins and losses, and I will be very curious, Scott, to see what happens next year at the World Junior Curling Championship because Canada has shifted when they are going to do the their junior championship, mm-hmm. but the World Curling Federation is not. So the Canadian juniors are going to happen in March now. The Worlds are still going to happen in late February. They happen simultaneous with the, the Scotties. And so next year there won't be another champion to send. So they're sending an all-star team from this year's event. Yeah, this will be a very it it, it it'll be anecdotal because it'll only be two teams, and we won't be able to draw too too much from it. But I'm very cu- very curious to see how these teams come together over the course of the next year for that. event. Sure, sure.
1: That's it's going to be really different, right? It's just. I mean, in a way, the Manitoba women's team that won the world's uh, World Juniors this year was a sort of team put together to accomplish that goal. Uh, they had the the third move from Burgess, move from Nova Scotia. Actually, she played second. Um, And uh, they they sort of manufactured that team for the express purpose of winning the junior championship this year. But they made that decision on their own, presumably. Having Curling Canada make the decision to put together a team, we've seen Scotland do this at the Olympics in the early 2000s. I don't know if it'll work. It'll be really interesting to watch how that team is supported by Curling Canada. Are they providing resources to them to be able to practice together? Coaching resources, come and practice at the the elite center in in Edmonton. I don't know. I don't know. And uh, you know, if we see it succeed, it worries me that uh, that we could be going down the road of of having a, a higher authority pick teams to represent uh, Canada going down the road.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it's very true because you want, I mean, I don't know if, if they do that, right. If it gets to the point in this country where curling Canada is picking teams to go, I, I, one, I don't think that would be the the best strategy for winning Mm -hmm. uh, overall, but two, I mean, curling Canada would lose a lot of money because Brier, Scotty's yeah. Canada Cup, uh, trials—like that's where they make a lot of money. So you know, there's a business imperative to have those events take place. Yeah, because I mean,
1: they're they're money makers and they're fan favorite events, right? We like yeah. we like having lots of good teams and we like watching them play against each other,
0: for sure. And if they for
1: become sure. corporate teams, in the in the vein of Japan where, oh, I'm cheering for the Bell Media team against the, yeah. the Rogers team. would be like, what? What's going on? <laughs> so, yeah. a business of curling
0: overall thoughts? I think that it, it certainly, if it wasn't clear before, uh, certainly clear now, that the romance or the romantic idea of what the sport is at the top level doesn't really exist anymore if it ever existed at all. And, you know, I'll still love the Vic essays at the end of all the events, but when he talks about, you know, these people who, you know, you you come and you play with your friends and you're there to represent your province and you're doing it all together and all that stuff that Vic talks about, like that's not, when you know it doesn't seem to be true, at the end of the day, that the 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 people at the highest levels, their main concern is winning. Yeah, and I'm I'm not saying that that's bad at all, but the the idea of you know when it, when it used to be the Briar Train and and the team from BC would get on and pick up mm-hmm. teams as it crossed the country, and you're playing cards and drinking with your buddies, and then you go and curl, you know that that is ancient history
1: yeah i think i still think there's some credence to oh that team got formed in the patch
0: you know like i
1: could see oh john morris and uh benny hebert were having drinks in the patch and we're like why don't you come play come play with us (laughs) no man no i'm not gonna do it and then you know eight beers later oh sure that'll be fun uh (laughs) obviously a lot more thought went into it than that but uh I still think that could be sort of the seeds planted, but uh, I I listened to the two girls in a game podcast recapping the Scotties. And Lori mentioned that they were the only team that was in the patch every night or in the lounge there every night. Uh, A lot of teams never even went. And it's because they're focused on, I guess, winning. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, where whereas Team Nineveh was was there to have a lot of fun and to uh, right. uh, you can listen Taking to you can listen to all their yeah. uh, their podcast for the goals and stuff but but yeah we don't see like you used to see every team would go at least yep. once or twice uh, but but yeah it's getting to be less that and more businessy and uh, I don't know I think there's something unique in Canada about any team being able to say hey, I think we can make a run at a national championship and enter and have a chance. If you don't lose, you've got a chance. Right? Yeah. That, I, I would hate to see that go away. For just, I mean, yeah, you're likely not going to win, but you could. And yeah. I think there's it's important to keep that as part of the game and not business that out you know what i mean
0: yeah no i i completely agree and and uh, the only other part of this scott that i wanted to talk about too was you know how much if it all does the residency rule play into oh, all right. this because th- there is more flexibility now for players based on where they live and where they were born to to put together the the super mm-hmm. teams that Are becoming increasingly commonplace you know the the idea now that say if Sarah Wilkes joins team Holman which the consensus thought seems to be that that will happen she was born in Toronto she lives in Alberta the team could play out of either province at this point if it is Sarah Mm -hmm. Wilkes because three of them would live in Alberta and then uh, it would be Emma Miskew who'd be the import in Alberta or since Rachel Holman and Sarah Wilkes were born in, in, in Ontario, they could play out of Ontario with Joe and Courtney as the important right. and, and they could do either. But this residency rule and the, the flexibility that goes with that does seem to open the door to more of this.
1: Yeah, it, it does for sure. I, I sort of think that's kind of cool that they could play out of whatever province they want. Uh,
0: let, I, I know that there. I know there are uh, a lot of women in Ontario that <laughs> want them to go to Alberta. Yeah.
1: Oh, one of the lineup things we we forgot was Holly Duncan's team. Yes, Holly Duncan. Yeah. 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 Uh, and she's going to play with yeah. another team next year. I don't have it in front of me.
0: Megan, with uh, Megan Balsden, She's going to skip that team. Uh, I believe it's Lynn Kreviasek is out but, in that. Situation. Yes, that's
1: right. And I think that was announced before bringing Holly on. So uh, yeah, I I would say a lot of teams in Ontario would be like, Oh boy, I really hope, really hope Holman doesn't, uh, doesn't decide to play out of here. (laughs) Uh, But, but it is true that they could, and it would be, I I won't say unprecedented because of the PEI rank this year at the Briar. But if three of them live in Alberta, two of them have birthright, one lives here Yep. they they can do it, and uh, yeah, it'll it'll that'll be the first sort of bigger name team to take advantage of these rules. And uh, as you said, when the rule came out, it it was for them, so yeah, it makes sense that it would be them.
0: Yeah, yeah that really take advantage of it. The, the next one to kind of pay attention to is. I think Gushu and what happens with that team uh, at the end of the cycle, certainly, you know, how Brad Gushu can maneuver this rule to his advantage if he continues to play. Yeah, and
1: I I think on the women's side, Jennifer Jones' team is the one to watch. Um, Yes. uh, We talked a lot about them before the Scotties and and their success or lack thereof uh, so far. Hey, I just looked, Sean, sorry, a random thought here. I just looked, I have some Lysol wipes on my counter. I didn't even know I had any.
0: Oh. Because, well, you're clearly horrid. Oh, well, bonus. No, terrible like I,
1: I must have bought them six months ago or something. Any, anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, so Jennifer Jones team, you know, uh, where she's the import right now. Uh, we will see if there's shakeups with that team. I've heard rumblings here and there, but uh, nothing official. And, and...
0: but I mean, what would be crazy, like in in my fictional fantasy world, right? Holman decides to play out of Alberta for whatever reason. And then Jennifer Jones decides that, oh, well, maybe we'll take Lisa Weigel. Yeah. And, uh, Jocelyn Peterman is out. And then Caitlin Laws is the import. And now they start, then they can play out of Ontario. Mm-hmm. Right? Because Don McEwen's from from Ottawa. Uh, Ottawa. Yeah. And uh, Jennifer Jones currently lives in Ontario. So that would allow them to play out of Ontario with Caitlin Laws as the import there. Like, there, there's so many possibilities, and the flexibility that the rule now allows is I, okay. I don't think that's going to happen. Just let me say that. And certainly I don't think the struggles of Team Jennifer Jones are Jocelyn Peterman's fault. Uh, the same way I don't think Rachel Homan losing consecutive finals uh, at the Scotties is Lisa Wiggle's fault. Mm-hmm. But it, it does create opportunities and, and options for these teams. And, and as we said at the start, the, the where it becomes challenging is that it's up to the players themselves to make the decisions. Whereas, you know... Kyle Lowry can be mad at Messiah Ujiri for trading away DeMar DeRozan. It'd be very different if Kyle Lowry had to trade away DeMar DeRozan.
1: Yeah. Or if and... Kyle Lowry was mad at whoever replaced DeMar DeRozan. Yeah. Right. Cause like, let's say, uh, Serge Ibaka made the decision and then he's, yeah. he's got to play with that guy and play with a new person. So like, yeah, they it's it's a weird wild world in in curling, you know? It's definitely definitely weird.
0: Yes. Very very strange uh times in the world of curling.
1: Yeah, anything else you wanted to talk about curling related? I'm I'm wide open here, Sean. <laughs> I got uh, nothing to do. So, well, you have something. Yeah, to you're do. right. I have to monitor my email for uh for some yeah. things. So,
0: uh, very, uh, oh, here we go. New, uh, team announcement. Another team announcement oh. across the board. Uh, eight minutes ago on Twitter, Team Justin Murphy has announced that Carly Howard will be joining the team at third. Oh, so there you They're go.
1: Replacing, uh, Janet.
0: Yes, who uh, they've announced as part of this will be their alternate.
1: Yeah, cool. So, there you go. There you go, there's another uh Ontario team looking to uh yeah. maybe take advantage should Holman decide to leave.
0: Yeah, and I'm assuming did did uh Russ Howard were his kids born before he moved out of Ontario? Like was Carly Howard born in Ontario?
1: I th- um okay, now now I'm gonna be that guy. I think Carly Howard is Glenn's daughter.
0: Oh, even better. Okay, great.
1: But I'm Really? But I'm not sure. Ashley Howard is Russ's daughter.
0: Oh, Ashley, that's who I'm thinking of, yes. I'm thinking of Ashley Howard. So many Howards, Scott. Yeah, they're
1: everywhere. Did I tell you at the the Briar, Ashley Howard was staying in my hotel? I saw her a few times.
0: Yes, you did mention that. Yeah. Well, that was the team hotel where you were staying. Was it? Yeah, all the players were staying.
1: Well, I only saw her.
0: Oh, really? I saw Cooey uh, with his family in the lobby. Uh, I saw Gunner come in. I uh, saw a lot of Team Pi. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I
1: guess I was just podcasting too late and got back yeah, you late. Yeah, missed them all. Uh, missed them yeah. all. Tough break, yeah, but it's the life. Yes, Carly, Carly yeah. Howard, uh, hometown
0: Penetang machine. Okay, so she is Glenn's daughter. Yeah. Okay. So many Howards. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, yeah. There was a lot when it was just Glenn and Russ, right?
0: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, oh
1: yeah, you know. Not bad. Hey, uh now that we're not really talking about anything. Uh <laughs> uh what are you doing for St. Patrick's Day, Sean?
0: Well, I uh you know, I usually celebrate privately. <laughs> that's the so. answer
1: I was hoping for.
0: Yeah. So, uh you know, no real changes. I got but, a uh,
1: I, I went out and bought a lot of beer on Friday before uh locking myself away. So, uh, I've got a dry Irish stout from Beyond the Pale.
0: Oh, uh, nice, nice. I uh, I went. I was out on Saturday at uh, the LCBO uh, buying some stuff, and the guy in line in front of me bought uh, a six pack of Corona. Oh, and I thought to myself, "Good for yeah, you." Yeah,
1: good for you. Keep them in business.
0: Yeah, uh, good, good for you, man. <laughs> um, I've been going to or not going to. I, the, I bought all like small independent local ones. And actually on Sunday, I was out walking around and uh, Tooth and Nail was open here in Ottawa, a small local one. So I went in there and bought a, few, a couple uh, and just and then left. Yes. Right? As sort of is the, the move now. Everything Everyone is doing just takeaway stuff. So that's what I did there.
1: Yeah, and uh, for those of you in Ottawa, Dominion City is offering a drive-through beer service. Nice. Where you order online ahead of time, and you say I'm gonna come pick it up. You drive in. Their team is there. They've got gloves and everything. They'll open. You open your trunk, or they'll open it. They'll put the beer in, and you drive away.
0: Very Isn't nice. that smooth? Yeah, you gotta love it. So, uh, you know, yeah. Think, things are, are happening. To, the situation, of course, is ever evolving. Uh, first and foremost, everybody stay safe. Um, out there follow as we said at the start follow the instructions of the your local provincial federal uh, health experts right these people know what they're talking about right the doctors mm-hmm. uh, as someone who is a doctor's <laughs> guide <laughs> um, you know the 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 people who who are in these positions uh, not the politicians right not not to get political but you know the politicians are, are there to do political. So
1: they're fans. there to you know, you know, give the information that's coming from that the come experts. That from
0: the experts, yes. yeah. So the these people are experts in these fields. They they know what they're doing, uh, and the thing that is uh, certainly struck with me is that we'll never know if we overreacted. We'll only know if we underreacted.
1: Yeah, and that's what we want to know.
0: Yeah, uh, certainly. You know, if at the end of this we speculate, <laughs> oh, maybe we overreacted. Good. And that means that that's yeah. good. So uh, so certainly follow along. Uh, I think for us, what we'll do, Scott, uh, I have a couple ideas of shows that we can do. We'll talk about those offline. But uh, you know, as long as this is going on, you know, we we do a summer season anyway of sort of evergreen, broad, curling topics. I think we'll continue to do that. Continue to put out content uh, as news comes out. We'll talk about it as necessary, but I, I think we'll sort of make the transition now to our summer schedule. Also, have some ideas for the website of what we can do. Uh, you know, put out some some content there. If you're like me at all, <laughs> we've been without sports for five days, and you're bored out of your head. Uh, and I didn't I I didn't realize Scott how much of not only what I would watch on a daily basis, but what I would read on a daily yes. basis. Like my lunch break at work is spent, you know, either listening to a sports podcast or, or reading articles about sports and about the games, but now there's no games and I'm very much at a loss.
1: Well, Sean, the Buffalo bills made a big trade.
0: Yes. We'll talk about that offline. Cause I want to get your thoughts on it. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, some, there is some football news out there, that kind of stuff. But uh, it, it's just an interesting time. So, you know, it, with a with full acknowledgement of the seriousness of the situation, we will continue to make episodes that are 100% sort of curling specific. And, uh, you know, as as much as what we want to do with the show is is hopefully to provide everybody – we try to do this every episode, is, is provide something entertaining and uh, fun. And, and at these times, certainly, Scott, I need the diversion from the realities of the situation. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we'll try to provide as we move forward. Sounds good. I'm here for it. All right. So uh, so that'll be it for today. Uh, unless, Scott, unless another team has announced something in the four minutes since we got that Justin Murphy Let me refresh
1: this here. Okay. Okay. Um, no, some weird things. People getting uh, crazy with uh, their vacuums. No, nope, we're all good.
0: All right, good stuff. So, uh, so that'll do it for today. We'll be back with you at, at the at the latest next week. Uh, but certainly do subscribe to the show if you have not yet on Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify. Uh, and follow along with everything that's going on there. And on social media, we are at Game of Stones Pod at Twitter and Instagram. And Scott's there, at ScottLakesTV. And I am at Dr. Shawnee Fever. And if you have ideas for shows, uh, things you want us to talk about, you can certainly hit us up, Game of Stones Podcast at gmail.com. So stay safe, everybody. We'll be back with you again next week. But until then, keep your brooms on the ice and don't dump that intern.
1: The final...